Welcome to the Monument Hunts Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kimenaugh. Have you ever been hunting for information when planning a trip, but didn't really feel like you had an insider's perspective on what to do and where to go? Well, I certainly have had that feeling. I love my home state of Nebraska and outdoor recreation, and when I can combine those two things together, I reach a stage of peacefulness that is unmatched. On top of that, it brings me a lot of joy when I get to share stories and give tips to folks looking to come experience Nebraska's outdoor recreation opportunities. Through this podcast, our discussions will cover topics of hunting, fishing, camping, and general outdoor recreation throughout all of Nebraska. Please sit back and enjoy today's discussion. Welcome to episode number eight of the Monument Hunts podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kimenaugh. So recently I was sitting in the living room on my couch and being lazy during the evening with my wife and decided to flip on a Netflix show. And I thought, you know, I I don't want to watch a movie. I don't want to get into a series or anything like that. So what on earth can I find to watch? So I was sitting there just flipping through all the options and I came across this show. And I'm not going to name the show because that wouldn't be fair to them. But it was actually a series. And I thought, now I don't want to watch a series, but it looks interesting. So I'm going to see what episodes are in this particular series. As I flipped through the episodes, there were definitely a couple of them that caught my eye. And I jokingly showed one to my wife, and she uh, laughed and said she would even want to know what that one was. Again, I'm not going to say the name of the episodes because that's not fair to them. But one of them was an episode that was going over plant-based products as a substitute for meat. Within the subcontext of the show, they were talking about how the production of animal product, pigs, cattle, chickens, turkeys, is unsustainable at the growth that it is currently moving at. And they got into some of the aspects of uh, carbon footprints and things like that. Nothing too serious on that. They didn't make any major accusations in regards to that. But they, they definitely talked about the growth of cattle, pigs, chickens, turkeys. That it takes so much plant food to feed those animals. And the return on investment, if you will, is not sustainable because you only get marginal nutritional value out of it. So they were talking about how you should really move away from eating all of these animal products to eating a more plant-based diet. As I sat there and I watched this with my wife, I, I was absolutely flabbergasted at what they were showing and talking about because... The science was there, the statistics were fine, they they had it, but they only had a small portion of the real picture of what's going on. What they didn't go on to explain is so much more in terms of what we get from meat products. And as they were sitting there showing it, they were showing a meat substitute product for hamburger and they were showing that you know the protein values and this and that it supposedly tastes a lot like a hamburger if it's made into a hamburger and you look at it and you go okay well that's wonderful but 
the saturated fat was twice that of a real hamburger. The sodium intake was twice that of a real hamburger. It just didn't make a lot of sense because the nutritional value that you were giving up to eat a plant-based product was a significant loss. And I sat there and I went, well, that's not smart. That's not a healthy way of eating because for individuals out there who have high blood pressure or, or high cholesterol or whatever the case may be, heart disease, some of that may be diet-based, but there's a lot of genetic-based conditions out there as well. And it's not their fault of their diet. They may have been a, a football player or a basketball player, baseball player, and still got high blood pressure or high cholesterol. So as I sat there and I listened to this show, I I was drawn in for the fact that there was an absence, a significant absence of data and other information that would give somebody an educated understanding of what it is they're eating. And secondly, it gave a, a serious realization that as a society, the vast majority of people are so disconnected from where their food comes from that a show like this is extremely misleading. And I got to thinking about it, and I've been listening to Hank Shaw's Hunt, Gather, Talk podcast, which he originally started in 2016 and then took a gap until recently he brought back what's called Season 2 and has been doing episodes in that podcast. And I also listen to other episodes, uh, well, other podcasts, such as the Meat Eater podcast, which again is a food-based hunting-based podcast. I listened to Randy Newberg on his Unfiltered podcast, which he's a conservation and food-based hunter. So these podcasts that I've been listening to, I, I got me thinking with this show, like my connection to my food is so much greater. And I've, I've taken advantage of that for so long that I really forgot what it was that I was gaining from hunting, from fishing, from gardening. And I thought, well, how many other folks have either no understanding of what it takes to go out there and find your food and bring it from the field to the table? There's a, a couple of terms out there, field to table and field to fork. And how many folks don't understand that? So I, I was sitting there thinking about that as I'm watching this show and, and I'm thinking about the podcasts that I've been listening to while I've been on the road for work. And my thought was, I do so much and I learned so much growing up that I just didn't realize what I was, what I was doing that was so beneficial for me, for my family. So as I'm sitting there thinking about this, I, I realized I grew up basically gardening, and I can't think of a year that we didn't have a garden in our backyard. We would grow tomatoes and onions and peppers and radishes and, and a whole lot of other things. And grandpa and grandma had big gardens as well. Both sides had big gardens. We would go and help grandma and grandpa in the garden, and, and they had fruit trees, uh, choke cherry trees, or raspberry bushes, or, or whatever. And we had, growing up, strawberry patches at our house. And as an adult, when I got a home and got married, I started a garden. Now, it started out very small, and then when we moved and we had kids, 
I had more space, so my garden grew. And quite frankly, it needs to grow more for me, but I don't have the space to grow it. But I realized that by learning how to garden and learning how to tend to food, I was able to understand where my fruits and vegetables were coming from because I worked those areas. And knowing what was put into those products, whether it was blood, sweat, and tears, or chemically, I understood how much healthier it was for me and for my family to have that. So every year I garden, like I said, I, I would love to have more space, but I just don't have the yard for it. But as I do it and I look at it, I go, well, I don't have to buy salsa at the store because I make gallons of my own salsa and I can it. So I know how much salt is in there. I know that there are no weird chemical preservatives in there. And I'm very happy with feeding that to my family. So then it gets me thinking, okay, I've also been hunting and fishing all my life. Or most of my life anyways. And growing up, we would go fishing and we would catch catfish and we would catch bass and bluegill and whatever else, in some cases drum. And I know folks think of some fish as trash fish and not worth eating, but to be honest, we kept a lot of what we caught and we would eat it and then we would have fish dinners. And not only that, but we would save the discarded parts, the the guts, the, the bones, the tails, the heads, we would save those and we would bury them underneath of oftentimes the tomato plants because that was fertilizer. So we were giving back to the soil that was feeding us the vegetables out of our garden. And that cycle of understanding what it took to go out there and know where the fish were and, and what they were doing that time of year, catch them, bring them home, cook them, take the parts that we didn't eat and put them in the ground so that the plants could gain nutrition from those parts and then ultimately give that back to us in the form of whatever they produced, whether it be tomatoes or, or peppers. So for me, I I started sitting there thinking like, what on earth do other folks do and how can we, how can we make them understand what it takes to go out there and know either out fishing or you're out hunting or you're out on a hike or camping or whatever, that that plant or that animal is something that could nourish you and would be much healthier than going to the store and buying. And to be honest with you, I don't know how we expand that. I, I hope that forums like a podcast or Facebook pages or Instagram pages help in shows such as The Meat Eater or Randy Newberg's Fresh Tracks. Those are all good resources. There's also The Hushin Crew or Born and Raised that have YouTube channels that talk about what it is to go out there and hunt and fish and find these resources and bring them home to feed their families and in some cases on these shows that's seriously what they eat a hundred percent of the time they're not looking for their steaks at the grocery store they're not looking for their chicken breasts or whatever they completely rely on wild game and fish to feed them from a protein standpoint and they go to sometimes quite 
extensive lengths to get there. And by doing that, blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, that they put into it makes it that much better. And the more that we do that type of stuff and the more that we show folks that hunting isn't about just going out there and killing an animal. It's about feeding a family and fishing isn't just about going out and catching fish and, and having a good time. It's about feeding our families. And yeah, we're not feeding the multitudes necessarily with the, the fish that we catch. And yeah, sometimes we do just catch fish and we put them back. But we don't shoot every animal that goes by either because we are selective in what we harvest to take home because we want that resource to be there for a long time. So we got to continue to work through that and we've got to make sure that when we're out there, we're not just doing the grip and grin pictures and that people understand that, you know what, I, yeah, I got this deer, but this deer is now going to make deer heart tacos or it's going to make steaks or it's going to make jerky or whatever the case may be. And you got to show that yeah, I got this deer, but here later on, that deer turned into a meal that's on a plate. And I love looking at a plate of food and going, I went hunting for that. I grew that in my garden and I picked that wild thing there and I canned part of it or whatever the case is. I love looking at a plate and knowing where absolutely every piece of that meal came from. With my kids, they don't always like the food that I put in front of them because as kids, that's just the way it works. But I can sit there and say, you got to try it. You got to give it a chance because we went out and we worked hard for it. And I found that if you get them involved with the gardening and with the, the fishing or, or even the hunting, they have an appreciation for what it took to get that. While it may not be chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese, they will sit there and they'll eat it because they were part of it. So if we continue to teach the next generation and we continue to use our Facebook pages and our Instagram accounts and if we do YouTubes or you do podcasts like this one and show the real side of what it is to go out there and know the land and work hard and bring it to your table, and that not only did it feed you nutritionally as far as your body, but mentally speaking, it fed you as well. Because you were able to do something hard and it gave you this boost of really good feelings about what it is you did to bring yourself a dinner. As hunters, as anglers, as gardeners, as foragers, you give back to the resource by selective harvest, by conservation programs, whether you are a member of Ducks Unlimited or the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or Trout Unlimited or whatever the case may be, but also because you buy hunting gear and you buy fishing gear and portions of those sales go back to conservation programs. Not only that, but the gas that you bought and the oil you put in your car, 
are also going into conservation programs because the offshore oil that is brought in and produced into gas and oil for us has royalties that are being paid into federal funds, which then are distributed out to make sure that city parks and national forests and national parks and wildernesses are there and available for us to go to as the public and enjoy, as well as for the wildlife and the wild plants to live and thrive. So I know I've kind of rambled and gone a couple of different directions, but my takeaway on this was know where your food comes from. Even if that means you don't eat meat, that's fine. I don't care if you are a meat eater or not, but don't belittle somebody else because they worked hard to go out there and find the animal and kill it and bring it home or find the fish and bring it home or they went out and found wild plums and brought those home or whatever the case is. Understand where your food comes from and put a little extra effort into either going out there and getting it yourself, growing your own garden and being more connected so that you can have an appreciation for that plate of food that's in front of you. Final thoughts. So I grew up gardening. I grew up hunting. I grew up fishing. I recently started to gather as well. So forage, a colleague of mine pointed out some places where I could find some wild plums and some wild elderberries. And I, I learned from my parents where there's some real wild choke cherries. I also have been looking at and learning about wild mushrooms, which I haven't started to go out and forage for, but I understand better now what that takes to bring that side of the the plate to the table, if you will. We also, as a family, started beekeeping. And while we haven't harvested any honey for consumption, we did break some honeycomb open and got to eat a little bit, which was extremely tasty. But we started beekeeping and the benefit that we have seen to the plants and to our garden from the bees has been significant. And hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers, they make it through winter. We will have them again this next spring. And if they don't make it through winter, well, it's nature. And unfortunately, that's the way it goes. But I'll get some more bees and, and we'll try again. And I continue to learn more and more through this process. Whether it is as a hunter and an angler or a gatherer or a gardener or beekeeper, every little bit has taught me what it takes to really bring all of these things to my table. And so I hope that you think about a little bit more of how that food got to your plate and that you spend a little bit more time really working to know where your food comes from and then you share it with other folks. Share your hard work share the benefit that you got from it. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank you for listening, as always. If you have questions, have comments, please reach out to me on the Monument Hunts Facebook page. The Instagram page is monument underscore hunts, and you can also email me at monument.hunts at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. You have a wonderful day, a Merry Christmas, and stay safe out there.